I want to go straight to the word of God this morning, and then I'll do some things by way of introduction, because I want you to meet my family. I want you to hear about zeal. But let's go to the word while you're still standing, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Old Testament, right after Psalms and Proverbs, starting at verse 1. I want to read a big passage of scripture here this morning to set up our time here together. Verse 1 says this, for everything there is a season. Everybody say a season. A time for every matter under heaven. Now, for everything there is a, for everything there's a, there's a season. It'd be kind of ridiculous if uh, here in Las Vegas, you know, next month, which is obviously summer season, and uh, we catch you walking around here with like a parka and like a snowsuit. You know what I'm saying? You got snow goggles on. You got boots with the fur. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, and, and, and you're like, it's hot. It's hot. And we would all look at you and be like, well, you know, do do you not know you not what season you're in? But for some of us in our lives, we are frustrated. And the frustration is unfounded because you'd be a little less frustrated if you understood, oh, this is the season I'm in. And so if I understand this is the season that I'm in, then I know it won't remain this season forever. Come on. Sometimes victory is just about standing long enough to outlast the season. That's a whole nother word, but we're going to keep going. Come on, because I got to get through the text here. And listen, Zach over here playing on the keys, so I just don't even know what's going to happen. All right. Is it Zach? Is it Zach? Did I say his name? I haven't had a chance to meet you because you're just, everybody's doing services. There's 20 services here. This is amazing. I'm like, how many, Jabin? All right. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. There's a time to weep and a time to dance, turn up, a time to mourn and a time to laugh, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. There's a time to embrace and then there's a time to refrain from embracing. Give me six feet. A time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. We don't have time. We're gonna, yeah. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Verse 9 says this, what gain has the worker from his toil? For I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything. Somebody say everything. Beautiful in its time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Not my time, not your time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I want to share with you this morning for about 20 minutes on this this message I've entitled Life with limits. Oh, I know everybody's trying to live their best life. Ain't going back and forth to nobody. But you're, 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 and, and, and you want to live a limitless life and all those things. But while everybody's trying to tell you how to live, part of my assignment this morning is to tell you how to die. Because Jesus said, unless you're willing to die to yourself, come on, can we understand the word of God this morning? Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much for your word that is so rich, it's so 
potent. It's so authoritative that just the reading of your word strikes something in our hearts and in our spirits. We pray, King Jesus, that you would speak to us this morning, that you would change every heart and cause us to look more like Jesus or cause others to be introduced personally to the man, the God, Christ Jesus. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. One more time, let's give the Lord a shout of praise as you take your seat in the house of God. Come on. So this morning, so this morning, you all, I just, um, I am so honored to be here. This is my first time in Vegas. We were driving around with Jeff last night and, um, I'm like, I'm like a kid in a candy shop, like, oh, this is so fun. Like, look at, you know, this hotel and, oh, there's all sorts of little shows and can, and he didn't want to stop so I could take a picture by the sign last night. No, that's not true. He offered, you offered, you offered. Cause I'm like, listen, I'm trying to get my picture with the sign. I don't know. I'm just, this is also fascinating to me. So many casinos. I mean, wow, just so much. Um, and so I, I'm super thankful. I am especially honored to be in relationship with your, with your pastor, you know, pastor Jabin. I've just got to meet Shannon this morning and precious little Goldie. Oh, my wife used to just look at pictures of Goldie after she was born. She's like, look at what Goldie's doing today. I mean, almost every day. Um, I love your pastors. You know, Pastor Jabin and I met some years ago, and here's, here was the context of our meeting. Um, a mutual friend of ours had just connected us. We were on the phone, and I had this opportunity coming up to speak in this kind of large, larger setting than I had um, spoken at before. And so there was just some insecurity, like, oh, I don't know if this, you know, what do I do? And he had preached there, of course, a hundred times before, so it was no big deal. And so I'm just like, you know, you know, like just what do I need to know? And one of the most significant things, it was so simple yet so significant because that's how God works. We're always looking for some kind of way to decode a big mystery. And oftentimes it's the most simple one word from the Lord. One word spoken in season has the power to change the trajectory of people's lives. If we understood that we'd be in our word a whole lot more. Okay. So I don't know what's going on. It's third service. So I may say anything, but, but so, so pastor David, he just, he on the phone, he just said, you know what, Brandon, you, you've got to trust the gift that God has placed in your life. And you've got to realize that there's an anointing on your life, Brandon, and you lean into that anointing and you trust that grace. And it's God who has opened up this door of opportunity for you. And so you let them feel the full weight of who you are. I mean, he just kind of went on and on. And I took that and I preached my face off at this. I mean, it was just crazy. But, but the thing is, there was just something about faith that he just pulled out of me just from this conversation. And then we kind of connected to some different youth venues and that kind of thing. But how many of you are so blessed to know that you have pastors and leaders who know how to pull faith out of you like no one else? Can you just give God praise? Can you just give God praise? Because that's not normal. And I said this in the earlier services as Shannon and I were talking and just talking about planting churches and, 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 all, and, and just leading people. Here's what you've got to know, too. It's, it's becoming more rare, unfortunately, to actually have pastors who are actually healthy and they're not driven by insecurity and they're not driven by some weird, just weird. I have no idea. Just bizarre motives. Like, what, what are we doing? But that starts with having a healthy family and loving their family. And so can you just thank God for pastors who love each other, <laughs> love their wives? I know it seems like common sense, but let's just thank God for that. Because what they do is that they lay a foundation for you of health and you know that you're doing things from a healthy place. I'm like so obsessed with this idea right now because I want to, we just started, we just planted a church, I'll tell you about it, but I'm already like, my goal is to finish well because there's so many leaders who aren't 
And so I'm thankful for healthy leaders like the leaders of this house. I'm blessed. It blesses me to come into these environments. I also want to say thank you. I'm just full of Thanksgiving today because we just, we just, <laughs> we just, it's not a bad way to live. Um, it's, it's, we just planted a church in Colorado Springs last year. And, um, you know, in 2019, my wife and I, which I need to introduce her and my girls, there they are. Yes, come on, somebody. So... This is my wife, Octavia. We've been married for 11 years. It's such a great, just amazing. Um, and then, so we have two little girls, one, the one in the middle, her name is Ryan. She's eight years old. And then the one on the right, that is my Nora girl, Nora Grace. She's five. And then in the year 2020, when all hell was breaking loose, God, God just blessed me. And he gave me my first son. Uh, his name, yes, come on, wait for the name though. Uh, his name is King Samuel. Yes, it's the eyes for me and it ain't a filter. Come on, somebody. Um, hey, they all mine. And so, um, that's me. So his name is King Samuel Randolph. Cause you know, after all we've been through, I just need him to know he's a king and I need everybody else to know it too. So King Samuel Randolph, uh, he's seven months old. He was four weeks old. Whenever we planted the church, we're like birthing babies, birthing churches. What else can we birth, babe? Um, so he was literally a month old the day that our church launched. So we just got it all done. And, and here's the thing I love about God. Whenever Octavia and I said yes to planting our church in 2019, we're like, yes, Lord, we're going to do it. We're launching 2020. It's going to be amazing. Your just, eyes are just filled with faith and just youthful naivete. I don't know. And then, so we have our first interest party in March, first week of March, 2020. And then the whole world shut down two weeks later and everything in us and around us was like, okay, we uh, just wait until 2021 or, you know, maybe December. I don't know this thing. How, who knows how long it's going to last? Maybe a couple months. We'll just press it. But then by the summer, it's like, oh God, like how do we launch a church in the middle of a pandemic? We don't even know if we're going to have a place to meet and all of these things. But I'm here to tell you that God raised up churches like yourself and pastors like you have that encouraged us, that financially sowed into us and said, we know that, listen, listen, $10,000 is a whole lot of money for anybody, but especially whenever you're planting a church, you're like, thank God. I mean, I remember just running around the house whenever we got the check. We're like, wait, this is going to work, you know? And um, I'm here to tell you on September the 13th, 2020, over 900 people showed up to a high school in the middle of a global pandemic. And everything else that was happening in 2020, I mean, just a few things like elections and, you know, race wars and just all sorts of things. And um, people from every race, every space, different socioeconomic statuses across our city showed up together around the name of Jesus. Coming out of that, we've been averaging 800 people going into Easter. We had over 1,300 people show up for Easter last week. And we're like, this is, this is a whole move. But that happens because of people like yourselves who place a value and a conviction on the house of God that say we are planted, we are serving. So listen, join the team, join production, join everything, because that's how life change and impact happens. And so I'm super thankful for the generosity of this house and the partnership, because what God's doing in Colorado Springs is happening uh, in part because of what you guys are doing here in Las Vegas and your heart for Jesus and your love for the local church. Let's get into the word this morning, because I do have a word for you. Um, The book of Ecclesiastes, you heard 
heard me read this passage earlier, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's written by King Solomon. This is one of a number of King David's sons, one of the most prolific and one of the most well-known kings, not only just in the Bible, but even in history. David, just the great and all of his accolades and accomplishments, but his son, one of his sons, names is King Solomon. And Solomon, for those of you who don't know, is known as the wisest man to ever live. He had a gift of wisdom, except for Jesus, who be the wisest man to ever walk the face of the earth. I do find it interesting that with all that wisdom, he still couldn't figure out marriage and women and how to do things. <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> Y'all complicated species. All right, praise God. And so uh, with all of his wisdom, he still couldn't figure that out. Uh, but, but, but Solomon and all of his wisdom, he wrote the book of Proverbs, which is full of wisdom. Then he also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, which is where our text is this morning. And um, Solomon did a lot of things, but in the book of Ecclesiastes, he puts on the hat of what is known in the Hebrew culture as a koheleth, the koheleth. And it means a, a teacher, an orator, kind of like a preacher. And, and in this role, as being known as Koleth, he it's like he, he is speaking in such a way that, that kind of gathers people around and says, hey, everyone kind of listen because I have some things to say. I have some things that I need to tell you about the nature and the character of God, God's nature, his, the way that he deals with men. And so he deals with a few of God's characteristics, if you will. So one of them that he deals with is that, is that God, is, God is creator. God is a creator. In chapter five, he says, so let your words be few because God is very different from you and I. God is the one who creates. It was God in the beginning. So this is the God that said, let there be and everything just came into being. This is the God who made a volitional and an intentional decision that I'm not just going to speak things into existence. I'll do that. But whenever it comes to man, whenever it comes to mankind, whenever it comes to you and I, I'm not just going to speak you into existence because even from the very beginning, there's a level of intimacy that I want to quit, that I want to make it very clear that I deal with you differently than I deal with animals and trees and all this other stuff. We're not one with the universe. We are one with God. Come on, somebody. And so he says, so you're different. You're the crown of my possession. So I'm going to reach down into dust. I'm going to get on my hands and knees. I'm going to form you into the dust of the earth. And I'm not just going to speak and say, let there be, but I'm literally going to take the Ruach, the Numa, the breath of life, breathe into you. And you're going to become a living soul. And you're going to become made in my image, Imago Dei, and in my likeness, because I am a creator. The moment he speaks, Everything has to come in alignment and agreement with what he says and what he wants to happen. That's just the way that it is. So, so even down to the molecular level, things have to be restructured in obedience and submission to his authority because he is God, the creator. Everybody get it? So, so Solomon deals with that and we're like, all right, cool. Check the box like God's a creator. But then secondly, Solomon deals with this. This characteristic, this expression of God's nature known as his sovereign nature. God is sovereign. For those of us who don't know, that means that God does what he wants when he wants and however he wants to do it. Now, this is this can be slightly tense for for some of us because, I mean, just the thought that God can do whatever he wants when he wants. We have some opinions on what God should or should not be doing. Don't we? 
I mean, we gonna pretend or what? So, 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 so it's like, all right, if God is, if He's in control, then then why would why would God do this and why would God do that or why would? And so here's what you got to understand: a holy and a loving God permits some things that He does not perpetrate. But he's sovereign. And so I know, I get it. All the air almost went out of the room. But this is really going to take your breath away. Because he goes from creator. And he talks about him being creator and then God being sovereign. But, but then he also talks about extensively the unsearchable wisdom of God. The unsearchable wisdom of God. Now, this is perhaps the most offensive to our American elitist philosophy and perspective because we want to vote. Doesn't my vote count for something? <laughs> In the economy of God, see, it's not a democracy of God. It's the kingdom of, of God. <laughs> and in a kingdom, it's, it's whatever the, the king says goes. It's not a debate, discussion, or negotiation. It's this is the way, walk ye in. You know what I'm saying? And so, so, so here's the idea. That could be a little bit. So, so what happens is we want God to consult with us, but what we've got to understand is that whenever God looks for wisdom, he doesn't look without, he looks within. And he reaches down into the depths of his wisdom and his experience, which by the way, God has been God since before time began. So if time began here, God's been hanging out all back here, things of which we do not know. And when time ends, which if that's here, God will still be here. And he's all of those things at the same time. Because he exists outside of time. I know that's like, oh, another level, you know. And so so what happens is God uses time to bring forth his purposes. But our challenge is we look to time more than we look to God and we get frustrated because we feel like by this time, things should be different. Not knowing that he's just using time. He uses time like a, like, like, like a, like a tool to accomplish. So, so time is not the healer of all wounds. What madness is that? It's, it's God who, use, who may use time and a myriad of other things to heal all wounds or make everything better. But it is the intentional effort of a loving God. Let's not ever get it twisted. So unsearchable in, in his wisdom. And so Solomon in all of his intellectual genius and his wonderful wealth with all of his prized possessions sessions and, and his timeless titles and his awesome accolades and accomplishments now becomes our coalesce for the express purposes of telling us something, revealing something about God's nature and God's dealings with man. And by the end of our time here together, here's the goal, spoiler alert, that, that I need you to have that you would understand God just a little bit better than what you currently understand him and that that will produce greater faith on the inside of you to to embrace whatever season you're in, like with wholehearted abandon. And I know it just by the spirit of the Lord that some of you are sitting in such a place of frustration, if you're honest. And some of you are like, it's a good thing that I've got this mask on because you would really be able to see the impact of, of what God's word is doing to me right now because I am sitting. You're like the, the Bible talks about those who are sitting in darkness but have seen a great light. And some of us have been sitting in the darkness of our situation for far too long. And God is saying, I need you to see a great light today. Isn't that encouraging? 
but kind of frustrating too. I know it's the tension of doing life with God. And so, so Ecclesiastes chapter three, um, Solomon just begins to reveal some things. Verse one, he says, for everything, there is a season for everything. There's a, there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven. So Solomon, our Kohelet deals extensively with the concept of time. He references time on over 30 different occasions in just 10 verses in scripture. So, so it's important to understand that, that, that the preacher is not, he's not admonishing or exhorting for us to engage in the various activities at certain times because some of them are quite nefarious. I mean, it's like a time to kill. I knew it. You know, I'm about to take somebody out. No, 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 no. It's not, it's, 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 it's not that. He is, he is making, these are not prescriptive. These are descriptive. He's saying, as I have lived a long life and in the wisdom that God has given me, I'm just noticing that there's just some things that happen over the course of one's life. And so in verses two, through eight, he says this, it would seem that he, he sets pleasurable and non-pleasurable things side by side. So he says things like there's, there's a time to be born. Yay. There's nothing like the smell and the, and the process of just a newborn baby and the life that it brings the joy. But then he says, and there's a time to die. Boo. You know, there's a time to kill. Boo. But then there's a time to heal. Hallelujah. Yay. And then there's a time, there's a time to gain. Yay. Stimulate me. Give me all of my stimmies, you know, and then, but then there's, there's a time to lose. Boo. You know, pay my income taxes. Boo. You know, and, and so, so he sets pleasurable things and non-pleasurable things right like side by side with one. And then we have to wrestle with the tension of that. Because is God not still good through the good and the bad? Is he the same God or do we just see? Here's the thing that I'm discovering in church. We we don't tell our lies. We sing them. So. Okay, I'll say it again. You're the God of the mountain, is the God of the valley. But then in the valley, we're like, I don't like this. <laughs> I just want to sing about God being the God of the valley. I don't actually want to live and experience the God of the valley. Are you kidding me? That's not what I signed up for. But he's the God of the mountain and the God of the... <laughs> So for the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes, for Solomon, he says, see, tyranny is the elimination of tension. And it is it is natural for us. We love to try to eliminate tension. This is why we like neatly boxed theological answers to everything that happens in our world or more importantly, happens in my life. Okay, I'll break it down. So God, why did this, like, why did this happen, God? If you're so good, why you got me out here? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it just with all of this turmoil or this job loss or, or whatever it is. And, and so Solomon, for Solomon, he's saying, no, no, no. You, you've got to understand that there's, there's good, there's bad. There's, see, see, what he's really saying is that there are things that are going to happen in this life that are completely outside of your control. Where are my control freaks at? Come on, let's just confess. Come on, like this is Catholic Church today. Let's just confess. I'll be your priest. <laughs> you know, and so <laughs> bless you, my child. So, so for real, for all of my control freaks, there, there, it's like it's really difficult to to sit with the reality of that. Like, oh, this is out of my control. Like, I really like being in control, you guys. <laughs> there was um, 
there was a situation that happened and it was it was it wasn't as as crazy as you know it seemed in the moment for Octavia and I we we had, had our first daughter we had our first child her name is Ryan and and we did like a whole gender reveal cuz you know we're millennials and that's what we do and uh and it was like a whole Facebook situation we're like biting into cupcakes and things oozing out and um I bite into this cupcake and there's like pink you know stuff that oozes out and I we captured a picture of it and I'm literally in shock and I'm like <gasps> because I I talked to God about it and I gave him my opinion multiple times like throughout the pregnancy. And I'm just like, you know, we have one girl. So the logical, you know, solution is that we'd have one boy and then we could wrap up this whole family thing because the sleepless nights are no joke. Um, and so, but, but so along comes our, our second girl and I'm like, oh God, like I've got a wife to love. I've got this little girl, like Ryan has just changed my life. And now I've got another girl, like how, what is going to happen? Like I didn't, I'm a pretty nice guy, but after Ryan's born, there was like the moment she came out of the womb, I had the strangest of thoughts, guys. I thought, oh, I could kill somebody. Like for the first time in my life, I'm like, I will, somebody will die over this girl. Like, <laughs> so then Nora's born and I'm like, oh no, God, I could kill two people. Like, multiple people could potentially die in, at my hands now. So it was just this, this crazy thing, like very unexpected, right? But, but here's, the, here's the deal. What if something happens that's, that's, that's a little bit more serious, like, like a relationship is lost that wasn't supposed to be lost? Or a job transition occurs and it's not exactly what you would call favorable right now. Or somebody walks out on you that wasn't supposed to walk out on you. Or far worse, somebody dies on you that just wasn't supposed to die. Whenever the unexpected things happen, here's what we've got to see. Verse 11 says, for he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. Now, we must allow God's word to speak for itself because he is the God who will make everything beautiful in its time. So, so if we believe scripture, so then this must be true. If it's not good yet, then God's not done yet. You guys, if it's not good yet, then God is nowhere near being done yet. And here's the thing about God's word. It is universally applicable to whatever your situation is, because don't we all feel like we're the exception? But the truth is, most of us are like the rest of us. And so the thing that you think is just unique to where you are, God's word says, you know what? No, no, no. I'll make even that beautiful. And we look at him because we're all like real and we're just like, there's no way. There's, 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 there's just no way. Like I've sat with this for too long. I've experienced the pain, the sting of this for far too long. But we've got to make an intentional decision to say, God, if your word says it. Sometimes faith just looks like standing there and saying what God said. Until you see something different in the natural Come on, somebody. His ways are higher. His thoughts are more lofty than what we could 
even imagine. So what I'm trying to tell you is that life is unpredictable at best. And this, this morning, this is a call to trust in the unsearchable wisdom of God. It is a call and an invitation to make a decision that come hell or high water, come highs or lows, come mountains or valleys, come challenges, come chaos, confusion, victory, short-term losses, whatever it is, all of my trust is in Jesus because all of my trust has been rooted behind the veil. It's in the man Christ Jesus. And I just believe, I just believe he's going to make good on his word and his promises even whenever my logic says everything opposite to what is taking place in my world I just gotta believe he'll make it beautiful God you're gonna make this beautiful the hurt and the pain of this loss it's one day gonna be beautiful the hurt and the sting and the pain of that tragedy gotta believe it'll be beautiful it's in these moments that maturity happens in our lives that we go deeper in our in our faith there was a man who lost everything his name was Job Old Testament Job 38 39 and 40 see some of us have approached God before like we just thrown our accusations at God like God why did you let this happen and then kind of guilt sets in and condemnation and shame and fear because that's what the enemy does it's like oh God is definitely through with you because after you said all those words to God but you've got to understand that God is confident enough and he's secure Secure enough, unlike you, unlike me, unlike most of us, he's secure enough in exactly who he is that he can handle whatever your accusations are, that he can handle whatever things that you have thrown his way because his love is far developed. It, is, it has enough depth, it has enough width, it has enough height and breadth to say, I still love you and you can still come towards me. But what happens is we hurl our accusations at God, kind of like Job did. Job lost everything, like literally everything. And Job poses all these questions to God and then God responds by saying, now it's my turn were you there when I lay actually it's like the most boss like the most it was like it's just it's the most boss move in the Bible because God looks at Job and says brace yourself like a man I've got some questions for you were you there when I laid the foundations of the world Job tell me where does light go to and where does darkness hide Job tell me because I've got questions I got all these questions hey how were you did you feel the seas and the oceans Did, did, did you measure the heavens where is the way to life and the obvious emphatic response is and God says good because you do you and let me do me and let me be the God who will make good on all of my promises and you be the son or daughter that I've called you to be and you just wait and you just wait and watch when I turn this for your good and my glory. So here are the action points this morning. Say, so like, church, what is it? What, what is it, Pastor Braden, that you're actually challenging us to do? Here it is, three simple things. Number one, I need you to resolve that God's purposes are going to prevail in your life. No matter what, no matter what has gone sideways, no matter what negative impact that it has had or is continuing to have in your world, I need you to make a resolve. You know what? God's purposes are going to prevail. God's purposes are going to prevail. What God has planned for my life is going to go forth in my life. See, because as long as you have a pulse, you have a purpose. So don't stop living. Don't stop living. 
Resolve that God's purposes are going to prevail. Number two, and this is much easier said than done, I need you to release the I don't know moments to the Lord. What do I mean by that? Several years ago, one of my daughters was asking me, we were going through like animal sounds and phrases and stuff. And so we're like, what sound does a dog make? Ruff, ruff. You know, what sound does a cat make? Meow, meow. And then she goes, what sound does a peacock make? And I'm like, "Mm." Like, (laughs) so I do what any, you know, millennial would do. I got on Facebook and then polled my friends and I'm like, guys, what sound does a, you know, peacock make? And I got all these YouTube videos and I came back to her and I'm like, or whatever. I can't even remember what the sound was. I felt like that's more of a turkle. You know, and so, so, but, but the idea is, won't we do anything to avoid three simple words? I don't know. But sometimes those can be the most healing words that we can speak in the presence of God and others. I don't know. Well, why did that relationship go south on you? I don't know. Shouldn't you be further? I mean, how long have you been working on that degree for? Like, how, why haven't you graduated yet? You're like 30. Like, why haven't you graduated? I don't know. Why aren't you earning a larger income? Didn't you start this like years ago? I don't know. Why did that transition happen? I don't, I don't know. But there's a level of liberty that you will experience whenever you come under this reality. You are not God. I am not God. And sometimes we're not going to get the full answers of something until we see him face to face. Until we get to the other side. And some of us, I see you running back and forth to that moment, to that occurrence, to that pain, to that pain point in your life and going around. And you're like going around a mountain. You're like the children of Israel in the Old Testament, just kind of going around in the wilderness. like. And God says, stop the cycle and just submit to this process that I have you in. See, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we've got to make a choice. Would you rather be right or would you rather be free? Because sometimes you don't get both. Living this is so much more difficult than preaching or amening it, right? Sometimes you got to make a choice. I'd rather, be, I'd rather be free from the sting of this than try to be right all the time. Release the I don't know moment to the Lord. And just what we were singing about earlier, that God who turns graves into gardens, things will begin to spring forth in your life where you thought it was just like dead and like fallow ground, where God will allow some hope to begin to arise again in that particular area of your life. So resolve that God's purposes are going to prevail. Number two, release the I don't know moments to the Lord. And what that really means is when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. And then finally, as that comes this morning, I need you to make a decision to rest in the mystery of God. There's this mysterious nature to who God is. And uh, sometimes it can be whenever you're in relationship with God. Remember, tyranny is the, is the removal of nuance. And so, so how can God be this and be that at the same time, right? How can, how, can I be, how can I be full of sadness because of what I've walked through, but, then, but, but, but I can still be full of joy at the same time because joy causes me to jump over sad. The, the, the Christ-following life, the Christian life, it's filled with nuance, you guys. How can I be satisfied in him? But then also I'm kind of struggling because of this loss. Or, and I'm telling you, sometimes you can, be, you, you can be more than one thing at a time. If we're real. 
And then whenever we understand that in light of our relationship with Jesus, we'll, we'll give ourselves a little bit of a break because some of you are just way too hard on yourselves. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, why, am I, why am I thinking? It's like, it's okay because you're human and you're made in the image of God. But if you can lock into this reality, I'm going to rest in the mystery of God. I don't have to know everything. Let me put it this way. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to, you don't have to have everything figured out. But this one thing you've got to know, God's faithful. I can't tell you how many times that statement alone has just carried me through some of the most painful, some of the most confusing, some of the darkest moments in my whole Christian life, 37 years here on earth. Whenever I come back to this reality, God is Can I tell you this? Whenever God got ready to reveal himself, one of the ways that he revealed himself in the Old Testament, they built this thing called the tabernacle and there was the outer court, the inner court and the Holy of Holies. And there's a thing called the Ark of the Covenant and just the whole situation. I mean, people dying and all sorts of things, which we won't get into this morning, but here's the reality. The Ark of the Covenant in the Holies of Holies was kind of like God's condominium on earth. It was his residence. If you're going to mail something to God, you mailed it to the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. All right. And so somebody would get it. I don't know. But, but, but here's the deal. It's the place where that was the expression, the full expression of God's presence. So I just, in my holy imagination, I just, because there would only be one person per year who could, who could, who could go in there. It was a high priest, go one time a year. And I could imagine like being the priest and going in for the first time and you're full of anticipation and you're full of wonder and you're like, I'm going to see God. All right. None of y'all about to see him. I'm about to see him. And you go in and you go in the Holy of Holies and you, and you peek behind the veil and you look in the Ark of the Covenant and you, you see the angels with, with gold wings touching and, but, but that's exciting, but that's really not the deal. You're, you're looking high, you're looking low. You're like, all right, God, where are you? Like, what are you? Like, what? And all the priests would see is air, (laughs) air, invisibility. And it's almost like God was saying from the very beginning, don't you ever try to reduce me down to your understanding, to your perception, not even to your experience, because God is bigger than your experience. Some of us have been limited because we've had limited experiences of God, and that's part of it, but the lion's share is who God has told us he is going to be in his word. So he says things like, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, but here's my commitment to you. I am fiercely loyal to you. I am deeply invested into you. I am deeply invested into this reality that you will live and not die. That you will live an abundant life. That you will overcome in every area of your life. That you are more than a conqueror because of the blood that my son shed. Which is actually the blood of God himself. He died for you to have victory in these areas. But that you would understand that even though you can't piece it all together and your mind is having a hard time explaining God why that he says but I put I put something in your heart that says God even though I can't I can't explain it but you're going to come through for me you're going to come through for me every head by every eye closed this morning step one in your journey of releasing everything to Jesus is making an intentional decision if you have not to make Jesus Christ your Lord.
to surrender everything to him to ask him to forgive you of your sins and put all your faith in this man Christ Jesus to be forgiven if that's you and you're here in this place and you need to make an intentional decision to surrender your life to Jesus I just want you to lift up your hands on the count of three examine your heart and if you haven't made that decision yet or you need to recommit your life to Jesus and say I surrender everything to you Jesus that's you I want you to lift up your hands so on the count of three one two three if that's you just shoot up your hand really high thank you so much I see those hands I see that hand I see your hand ma'am thank you so much so much you can put your hands down I want all of us to pray this prayer with them this morning just say Jesus I surrender to you I give you my heart forgive me of my sins I am yours and you are mine I'll live for you forever fill me with your spirit and use me for your glory in Jesus' name second group of people I want to pray for this morning is if you if that resonates with you if you've been holding on to some hurts some hangups you've been holding on to some situations and some of you intentionally but some of us it hasn't even been intentional it just hurt so much it's difficult to go there so you just kind of buried it away that's a real vulnerable moment but this is what church is for we don't do fake so if you're here i want to pray for you if you're ready to make an intentional decision to release that i don't know moment for some of you it was recent for some of you it was years ago spirit search every heart we want to be healed we want to be whole we want to be free we're not concerned about being right we want to be free so if that's you on the count of three i just want you to lift up your hands right where you are i want to pray with you one two three you know this word is for you you need to surrender some things to god you need to surrender some hurts some challenges come on hands all over this room this morning i see you i just needed to know who i've been praying for i just needed to know who this word needed to be seated into their hearts today that's so beautiful so many of you you can put your hands down let me pray for you father of glory i pray for my friends right now i pray like oil you would begin to anoint them this morning that you would begin to restore vision you would release grace over them and tender mercies over them i speak a fresh start and i also speak a perspective of heaven that says i didn't see it clearly before but now i'm seeing through god's vantage point and i'm releasing people there's forgiveness that's happening right now there's release that's happening right now i see like doors opening up on the windows of your heart where god is saying i couldn't get in there before because you wouldn't let me but because you're releasing i'm releasing some things over your house and over your children and over your life right now in the name of jesus i speak that god is a healer and i speak that you are victorious even in this area in the name of jesus i pray and everybody said amen amen can we give the lord a shout of praise this morning city light